everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. We are still in Job. Today we're looking at chapter 24 through 28. Uh, We are closing out this third cycle. We're going to hear the last little bit from these annoying, not nice friends. So say goodbye to Bildad. Who? Posers. Posers. Wow. Jenny's Jenny's got some hate for these guys. Uh, So as we are reading over this, Jenny, I know there's I know there's some stuff sticking out to you because you seem excited to talk about it. So what's the stuff that you're noticing? I feel like I'm kind of all over the place because I'm trying to connect a lot of dots here. But a verse or a set of verses that really stuck out to me were in verse or chapter 27, verses 7 and 8. Um, and just a little bit of background, I guess. Um, the chapter is titled, um, I Will Maintain My Integrity, referring mm-hmm. to Job. So I read the verses 7 and 8, and it just really kind of slapped me in the face, said, let my enemy be as the wicked and let him who rises up against me be as the unrighteous for what is the hope of the godless when god cuts him off when god takes away his life so i think kind of referring back to yesterday's episode when we were discussing um how sometimes it feels like why does god do good things for people who are not great or bad people if you will And I think these verses kind of like brings Job back around to this, like, well, hey, if bad people are getting great things, bottom line, if they are enemies against God, what is the hope for them when God cuts them off? Final destination, not great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, ultimately to be separated from God is not good. Which is not like a thing that I'm saying in like, oh good they finally get what they deserve but at the same time it's just like a little bit of clarity like no matter where you are that worship of god it it happened it needs to happen like whether it's a good part of your life bad part of your life whatever but ultimately those people who are potentially receiving things or seems like they're receiving things for their bad activities or bad nature yeah they are eventually yeah cut off from god that's uh, it, it's super nerdy, but it makes me think of the Westminster Catechism, like the the chief. The what? <laughs> the chief end of man is to um, glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Mm. And so it's like, what is man's purpose? Is to glorify God, is to worship mm-hmm. God, and enjoy the fact that we have relationship with God. Um, it's not to pile up stuff. It's not to get the coolest house. You you might have the coolest house, and you can thank the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you exist to do. Um, because ultimately if you live your life separated from God, you will be cut off from God Mm -hmm. and that's not a great life to live. Well, I think it's kind of, again, I've, I've really been kind of following this. It's like this weird Job series, (laughs) but I think you're loving it. I think as I see Job kind of just like transform throughout the book, there's just like layers that are peeled back each time and I've tapped on it before, but I, I see that sadness at first. Mm -hmm. I see the anger come through then I just see this this man who just kind of is like, forget the world, I don't even care anymore, to this point where finally this last layer is peeled back where he is defending his integrity and like 
cares about it and I guess ultimately then begins to seek wisdom that comes from, okay, God, I realize you're in control. I realize that you are sovereign. And chapter 28 was really interesting to me too because to me, I'm like this Lord of the Rings complete nerd. Oh, boy. And this this chapter just like felt like the wisdom of God is like hidden and and like it's it's hidden from us but only revealed to us from God. Like what does it have to do with Lord of the Rings? Because it like it talks about like it's hidden, it's far more precious than like ore and oh, whatever. Boy. Like it's just all these dumb things that like totally took me there, but it's like whatever. That's I guess that's far beyond what we're even talking about. But it's just it's so interesting that it's like this precious hidden thing mm. that is only revealed to you by God when you are like seeking after him. Like I think it's possible to have wisdom, but like this is talking like godly wisdom. Well, this is interesting because perhaps the most powerful verse in the entire reading is uh 2828. Behold the fear of the Lord um, and he said to man, behold, the fear of the Lord, that that is wisdom and to turn away from evil is understanding. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. There are passages like this in Proverbs, for example, which is also wisdom literature. Um, it's almost like a definition that has nothing to do with the word. So it's like, what is wisdom? Well, wisdom is fear of the Lord. So it's like you think it might be like knowing how to handle situations correctly or being really smart about the world around you or how to do relationships well, like that's wisdom. But what Job is saying is like, no, actually wisdom is fearing the Lord. Mm-hmm. You fear the Lord, mm-hmm. you have wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, you want understanding? That's walking on a righteous path, turning away from evil. That's understanding. Explain fear of the Lord. Well, it's, it's, it's we've seen this from Job. Like it's Because fear sometimes I think is interpreted the wrong way. Well, I think fear is fear sometimes. Like it, it is good to have a healthy fear of the Lord. I mean, like if you were in Job's shoes and the Lord burned down your house and killed all your kids, like, yes, you would have awe of God. You would have. No, I think. But you would have some fear, too. You'd be like, I don't want to make that guy upset. Like you, you see um, these Old Testament guys that meet God, like Jacob. Uh, he wrestles with God. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my word, you're God. Like, I'm terrified. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not only I'm afraid, like, I'm afraid of the monster under my bed. Uh, but I do think there is some element of, like, yeah, like, you have awe, you have respect, you have. I think respect is where I like to think because I've always been under the assumption of just, like, scared of Yeah, you don't have to be afraid of, of him. Yeah. But, like, there is a part of it that's, like, you are so much higher than I am. Mm-hmm. You are so much more pure than I am. I don't know everything. Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> so wisdom is fearing the Lord. We're going to see that again in other wisdom-lit books. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of integrity, that is what sticks out to me from the reading today. And it is that Job is, like, fiercely aware of the integrity that he possesses. So, like, when you hear Job speaking, you get the idea of this guy who has, like, no gray areas, Mm -hmm. no shadowy spots, no secrets, nothing he's hiding. He possesses integrity. It made me think about when Jesus meets Nathaniel. So Jesus meets Nathaniel in uh, in John 1. And it... (laughs) Nathaniel's just like chilling out under this tree and Jesus is like, oh, behold, a true Israelite in who there is no deceit. And Nathaniel's like, how do you know me? Mm. And like, that's like incredible integrity that somebody points to you and is like, you're an honest person. And your response is, 
How do you know that? I am, in fact, an honest person. Um, that I think, to me, that is, like, the your part that I see. I think there's probably two your parts today, right? Like, one is, how do you possess wisdom? You fear the Lord. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. let's walk in that. Let's fear the Lord with our day. Let's walk in awe of the power of God today. Understanding your place within yeah. God's. And with that, possess wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you make every decision today, or you deal with every single relationship today, walking in the fear of the Lord, you're going to do it wisely. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that sticks out to me is like, man, do you possess that kind of integrity mm-hmm. that you could like stand before God? That's what Job's doing. Job is like, God, I want an audience with you because mm-hmm. I know I'm honest and I'm going to stand in front of you and you're going to look at me and you're going to know who I am. Like, do you possess the integrity that, that Job knows he has? And do you possess the integrity that Nathaniel obviously had? Like, is that in you? And if it's not, like, what do you got to do to work that out? Mm -hmm. And I think, too, for Job in this moment, it kind of feels like it's a reminder to him, like a light bulb goes on, like, oh, yeah, like, I do have integrity and, like, I'm not going to falter from that. Yeah. So I think that's even a reminder for us today, too. Like, yeah, we slip sometimes, but maybe this is an opportunity for you to, like, no, wait. I am, like, I do have integrity. I am able to, like, Mm -hmm. come back to that and seek God's wisdom in this moment or Mm -hmm. in this situation or whatever. Yeah. Look at us. Job's becoming kind of fun, I think. There's light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) So, hey, we'll be back again tomorrow. You don't have to listen to any of these rude friends anymore. Fantastic. There is a new friend that's going to show up, though, so we'll see him tomorrow, I think. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Job 24. Why are not times of judgment kept by the Almighty? And why do those who know him never see his days? Some move landmarks. They seize flocks and pasture them. They drive away the donkey of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox for a pledge. They thrust the poor off the road. The poor of the earth all hide themselves. Behold, like wild donkeys in the desert, the poor go out to their toil seeking game. The wasteland yields food for their children. They gather their fodder in the field, and they glean the vineyard of the wicked wicked man. They lie all night naked without clothing and have no covering in the cold. They are wet with the rain of the mountains and cling to the rock for lack of shelter. There are those who snatch the fatherless child from the breast, and they take a pledge against the poor. They go about naked without clothing, hungry. They carry the, the sheaves. Among the olive rows of the wicked, they make oil. They tread the wine presses, but suffer thirst. From out of the city, the dying groan, and the soul of the wounded cries for help, yet God charges no one with wrong. There are those who rebel against the light, who are not acquainted with its ways, and do not stay in its paths. The murderer rises before it is light, that he may kill the poor and needy, and in the night he is like a thief. The eye of the adulterer also waits for the twilight, saying, No eye will ever see me, and his veils, and he veils his face. In the dark they dig through houses. By day they shut themselves up. They do not know the light. For the deep darkness is morning to all of them, and they are friends with the terrors of deep darkness. You say, Swift are they on the face of the waters. Their portion is cursed in the land. No treader turns toward their vineyards. Drought and heat snatch away the snow waters. So does Sheol, those who have sinned. 
The womb forgets them. The worm finds them sweet. They are no longer remembered. So wickedness is broken like a tree. They wrong the barren, childless woman and do no good to the widow. Yet God prolongs the life of the mighty by his power. They rise up when they despair of life. He gives them security, and they are supported, and his eyes are upon their ways. They are exalted a little while, and then are gone. They are brought low and gathered up like all others. They are cut off like the heads of grain. If it is not so, who will prove me a liar and show me there is nothing in what I say? Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, Dominion and fear are with God. He makes peace in his high heaven. Is there any number to his armies? Upon whom does his light not arise? How then can man be in the right before God? How can he who is born of woman be pure? Behold, even the moon is not bright, and the stars are not pure in his eyes. How much less man who is a maggot, and the sons of man who is a worm? Then Job answered and said, How have you helped him who has no power? How have you saved the arm that has no strength? How have you counseled him who has no wisdom and plentifully declared sound knowledge? With whose help have you uttered words and whose breath has come out of you? The dead tremble under the waters of their inhabitants. Sheol is naked before God, and Abaddon has no covering. He stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the waters in his thick clouds and the cloud is not spilt open under them. He covers the face of the full moon and spreads it over, and spreads over it his cloud. He has inscribed a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astounded at his rebuke. By his power he stilled the sea. By his understanding he shattered Rahab. By his wind the heavens were made fair and his hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of him. But the thunder of his power, who can understand? And Job again took up his discourse and said, As God lives, who has taken away my right, and the Almighty, who has made my soul bitter, as long as my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak falsehood, and my tongue will not utter deceit. Far be it from me to say that you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast to my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach me for any of my days. Let my enemy be as the wicked, and let him who rises up against me be as the unrighteous. For what is the hope of the godless when God cuts him off, when God takes away his life? Will God hear his cry when distress comes upon him? Will he take delight in the Almighty? Will he call upon God at all times? I will teach you concerning the hand of God. What is with the Almighty I will not conceal? Behold, all of you have seen it yourselves. Why then have you become altogether vain? This is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage that oppressors receive from the Almighty. If his children are multiplied... It is for the sword, and his descendants have not enough bread. Those who survive him the pestilence buries, and his widows do not weep, though he heap up silver like dust and pile up clothing like clay. He may pile it up, but the righteous will wear it, 
and the innocent will divide the silver. He builds his house like a moth's, like a booth that a watchman makes. He goes to bed rich, but will do so no more. He opens his eyes, and his wealth is gone. Terrors overtake him like a flood. In the night, a whirlwind carries him off. The east wind lifts him up, and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls him without pity. He flees from its power in hiding in headlong flight. It claps its hands at him and hisses at him from its place. Surely there is a mine for silver and a place for gold that they refine. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper is smelted from the ore. Man puts an end to darkness and searches out to the forest limit, the ore in gloom and deep darkness. He opens shafts in the valley away from where anyone lives. They have forgotten. They are forgotten by travelers. They hang in the air, far away from mankind. They swing to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. Its stones are the place of sapphires, and it has dust of gold. That path no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beasts have not trodden it. The lion has not passed over it. Man puts his hand to the flinty rock and overturns mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. He dams up the streams so that they do not trickle, and the thing that is hidden he brings out to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where in the place of underst- is the place of understanding? Man does not know its worth, and it is not found in the land of the living. The deep says, It is not in me, and the sea says, It is not with me. It cannot be bought for gold, and silver cannot be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or sapphire. Gold and glass cannot equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal. The price of wisdom is above pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. From where, then, does wisdom come from, and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Abaddon and Death say, We have heard a rumor of it with our ears. God understands the way to it, and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he gave to the wind its weight and apportioned the waters by measure, when he made a decree for the rain and a way for the lightning of the thunder, then he saw it and declared it. He established it and searched it out. And he said to man, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.